0: Oh, big news on the campaign tutorial today because we actually got the re-election platform from the Liberals. It's a $78 billion in new spending platform. It's more than three times the direct new revenues that are promised over the next five years. So a big spending platform, lots of promises. Here is Justin Trudeau. My friends, these are not small goals. But during this pandemic, we've learned all that Canadians can do when up against a challenge. We've been an example to the world. That is Justin Trudeau speaking in Toronto, releasing the Liberal platform. Aaron O'Toole has called it nothing more than a series of tweaks to previous promises. Here is NDP leader Jagmeet Singh with his reaction. I want to remind folks, the Liberals have taken this strategy again and again why deliver on things when you can just campaign on it, anyways? Why get things done when we can just promise it? As Jagmeet Singh, let's check the polls. The polls are showing that the conservatives have momentum and are on the upswing. But of course, polls, as politicians like to say, are not votes. And of course, votes all depend on which riding you're in and how the seat breaks down in terms of vote splitting. And that is So important when we look at what potentially is going to happen in what is a tight, tight election. Clifton Vanderlinden joins me now. He is with Vox Pop Labs that has been continuing to check the seat projections. Welcome, Clifton.
1: Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. What
0: are you seeing in terms of seat projections right now as as if we were to go to the polls today?
1: Well, as you've mentioned, if the election were held today, uh, we Uh, just recently have seen the Conservatives pull ahead in terms of seat share. So uh, already last week, we saw them pull ahead in terms of vote share. But as you indicated, uh, uh, the uh, share of votes that a party receives doesn't always determine whether or not they're going to be able to form government. But the Conservatives have pulled so far ahead in the last few days that we now see them in a position to actually form a government. uh, If, again, if the election were held today, there's still a long way to go and things can change. Um, but we don't see them in a majority position yet at this point we see them uh uh in a being able to form a minority government
0: right so the the magic number uh for everyone to keep in mind is 170 170 seats to form a majority and your current projections have on the low side 139 for the conservatives and on the high 167 that is well within striking distance of a majority so it looks like they it they're on the cusp of being able to actually form a government without any support from any other party? Uh,
1: Those are the current indications. I mean, you know as well as I do that uh, uh, Canadian elections can be uh, pretty wild. Uh, If you think of uh, 2015, for example, we had all three parties, the Conservatives, the Liberals, and the NDP, leading at some point in that campaign. Uh, So one option is that the Conservatives continue to maintain their momentum. Maybe they sail over the 170 seats. Uh, point mark maybe they've sort of hit their hit their stride and and this will be sort of the dynamic up for the rest of the election campaign or we could see uh, you know the um, the ABC the anything but conservative vote coalesce with uh, the liberals and NDP liberal and NDP voters um, uh, strategically voting so still a lot of options uh, ahead of us and and a fair bit of time before we can really uh, um, make a uh, projection as to what's going to happen on September
0: 20th. Sure, because, I mean, if we look at uh, your, your uh, the website, uh, the, the source just sort of tracking the numbers, you can see that from the point that the election is called, that's where the Liberals begin to drop pretty precipitously, and the Conservatives look like they pretty much gain everything that the Liberals lose, because we're not really seeing a, a huge shift in the NDP vote. It seems to be fairly steady. What are you seeing in terms of possible upsides or downsides for Jugmeet Singh?
1: Well, I think there has been a bit of a, uh, a pickup in the NDP vote since the election campaign was called. So, uh, you were referencing our, our, our time series. If you know, if your listeners visit signal.thestar.com, they'll be able to see our models and our projections. Uh, what you can see in the NDP vote is that uh, there there was a uh, an initial sort of. I'd say a small burst in 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 support uh um, for for Jagmeet Singh coming out of the gate so you see quite like a, a, a few days where vote share uh picks up uh, and then it then it plateaus and it's been and it's plateaued through the uh, election campaign so far you do see in some provinces though so for example in BC uh the NDP is now the second place party uh the Liberals have fallen so uh, precipitously in BC in terms of their vote share that the NDP uh, uh, now is is in a second place position. Uh, you see the same thing in the Prairies, actually. So there are places where Liberal losses are NDP gains, uh, but I would say for the most part, uh, Liberal losses are being absorbed by the Conservatives as they continue their charge forward.
0: Yeah, I just flipped over the tab to Ontario, and it sort of, it looks like it mirrors the the national picture with the Liberals falling and the Conservatives gaining at their expense.
1: Yeah, I think that's right on. I think this is an Ontario election right now, where Ontario is really going to determine the fate uh, of of, uh, of the next government, uh, um, and, and that's the battleground where you'll start to see the um, you know the parties really focus their their strategies. You've got a little bit of a, a movement in Quebec as well, of course. So Aaron O'Toole has made you know significant overtures uh, towards Quebecers and really tried to uh, make some headway there, and so you're seeing subtle gains for the Conservatives there as well. Um, that might be outpaced by the bloc if they're able to regain some of the ground, that, or some of the momentum they seem to have lost uh, uh, in recent weeks.
0: Is this, for all of the, you know, prognosticating that we're doing, is this really a phony war here because we're still pre-Labor Day, we're still pre-debate? I mean, has it, what do we know in terms of voter intention? Have they coalesced or is there a big movable group out there?
1: So, I mean, these are really good questions and important ones to ask when, whenever you're looking at, at, at polls. Uh, so, uh, of course, when polls ask people or when pollsters ask people, how are you going to vote? Uh, they, they, you know, people are, are, are referencing their vote intention as though they were going to the ballot box today. And of course, that changes over the course of the campaign. We've, say, we've seen wild swings. Uh, in elections past, it would be no surprise if we saw a swing. Uh, we've already seen a bit of a wild swing in this campaign, right? Pollsters went into the, ele- uh, you know, into the election call saying, "Well, the Liberals have it; it's in the bag. They're so far ahead, nothing's mm-hmm. going to move because nobody's paying attention." I mean, to some extent, this makes me challenge the common sort of uh, uh, um, thinking that that uh, that things will will suddenly people will pay attention after. After Labor Day, I think people are already paying attention uh, to some extent. Mm. I don't I don't know that we would have seen that this much movement in the polls if people weren't starting to seriously reflect on their vote choice. Um, so, uh, of course, swings can still happen. You're absolutely right. We're we're nowhere near the end, um, but momentum matters too, right? And the story that that the parties are telling on the campaign trail matters too. And so right now, it's a story about the about the conservatives with the wind in their sails, and that's something that the liberals are going to have to really work to disrupt or that Aaron O'Toole is going to have to step in it.
0: Right, and that, that's never a good um, political strategy, is hoping your opponent steps in it. Because Aaron O'Toole, and I've been saying this since the, the the get-go, is Aaron O'Toole, A, is not Andrew Scheer. And he also is benefiting in many ways from the low expectations that uh, Justin Trudeau uh, benefited from in 2015 and Jagmeet Singh benefited from in many ways uh, last time around. Now he's, you know, Aaron O'Toole's the new guy on the block. And everybody said, well, the conservatives are dead in the water. I mean, we had an editorial meeting just before the writ dropped. And this was precisely what the prognosticators were telling us here at the news in global. It was like, you know, no how, no way to the liberals lose it. And of course, we're not done yet. But I don't think anybody saw this kind of swing this fast, this early.
1: No, you're absolutely right. The reaction was swift. It was harsh towards the Liberals, um, it a, a, and it defied, as you said, it defied the expectations of most pundits and pollsters, um, and and you know which really means it's anyone's anyone's game. I think that uh, Aaron O'Toole has been playing uh, uh, has been playing to a different crowd than Andrew Scheer and Stephen Harper did, um, and that in some sense. He sort of left the um, extreme right wing of his party base to Maxime Bernier and the PPC and sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, and is moving more towards, uh, I think, red, Tor- red Tory territory that the Liberals have, uh, have ostensibly abandoned as they, see, as they try to outflank the NDP on the left. And so uh, he's really, I think, been able to capture um, uh, that space, which is much more uh, vote rich um, than just trying to capture the uh, the extreme right.
0: Are, are you? What are you seeing on, for uh, People's Party? I'm just checking the tracking there.
1: Yeah. So uh, I mean, we certainly we've had some polls come out in recent weeks that have the People's Party at record high in terms of vote share. You you saw both Main Street and Ecos uh, uh, both indicate that People's Party was was uh, on a bit of a tear in terms of vote share, but that hasn't translated into any seats in our projection. So it's a dispersed vote share at best and the 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 variance on those estimates is so significant it's so high uh that it's hard to say that they're that they're that they're picking up real vote intention versus a protest vote at this point um the PPC doesn't seem to be in a position to uh, uh to pick up a seat but it, i mean in terms of vote share uh they've been uh, grappling uh in, in in recent weeks with uh with levels that the that the green party enjoys um so We'll have to see the extent to which Erno Tool is able to um, uh, maintain the support of of uh, more traditional bases of conservative uh, votes, and at the same time, at the same time, try to court that that centrist uh, vote that and, and, and steal it away from the liberals. Right, that, which is that... which has really been the path to success so far, I think.
0: Right, and and that's going to go right through the nine o five, and that's you that's bet. where that vote is, Clifton. Great talking to you. Hope to we'll uh, talk again uh, in a, a little while and check in again. I hope you'll be able to join us.
1: I appreciate it. Alan. thanks so much.
0: That is Clifton Vanderlinden, who is with Vox Pop Labs, looking at the polling information and the seat projections. And again, if you want to check out what he was talking about in terms of the evolution of the national vote and where we are right now in terms of the projection of seats, that's signal. That's signal.thestar.com, where you can check that.